This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, welcome, Lori and Julia show on My Talk 107 on Everything Entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Julia is off until Monday. Holly Roberts is filling in. And as uh, Lori made note of on our little show grid here, three more sleeps till the Super Bowl. That's right. Three more <laughs> sleeps till the Super Bowl, everybody. And I got to say, I am not a football person, but I'm excited for this Super Bowl. A, because of the halftime show. B, because the commercials look really great. And C, because I like my Cinderella team that everybody else likes, the Kansas City, because of the young kid quarterback. Okay. So you have three reasons why you're getting excited for it. Yeah, I am. So ABC and CBS and NBC, they're all getting excited. And boy, they've got the reporters out. GMA's got a little, a 13-year-old kid who won like the kid assignment. You know, they always do that. They have like a kid correspondent. Mm -hmm. So you can see the eyes through like a seventh grader or something. Remember when Rosie used to do that when she was a little kid? Rosie, yeah, from Ellen. No, no, yeah, Rosie from Ellen. They would send her to all these events. Yes, yes. So, anyway, GMA has been particularly enthusiastic. I love TJ Holmes. So here's a little. uh, Which one do you want first? Let's do the Super Bowl halftime surprises. Okay. Because uh, I am excited for J Lo and Shakira. Shakira. Eyes are on J Lo and Shakira, (laughs) the first Latina artist to headline the Super Bowl halftime show since Gloria Estefan. I hopes that Pitbull and DJ Khaled to my Miami guys might join the dynamic duo. The train kicked off from this 2001 duo performance of NSYNC and Aerosmith, which also featured Britney Spears and Mary J. Blige. Usher crashed the Black Eyed Peas party in 2011. Really was, at least for the Super Bowl, pretty edgy. So it really opened eyes to what it could be and really appealed to a younger audience. This annual spectacle has come a long way since the early days of the halftime show from marching bands to this. Prince famously belted out purple rain in a downpour at Super Bowl 41. The fabulous Diana Ross reigned supreme at Super Bowl 30 in 1996, flying off in style. And more than 20 years later, Lady Gaga would make waves with her own high-flying stunt. But some years, the performances get people talking for all the wrong reasons. Last year, many felt Maroon 5 fell a bit short. And of course, there was this (laughs) halftime moment that will live in infamy. But even when things don't go perfectly, there could still be a silver lining. Remember Left Shark during Katy Perry's (laughs) halftime show? The out-of-sync shark became an instant viral sensation. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ooh, story. I completely forgot about Maroon oh. Five from last they year. Were, oh. It was. His, it was. His, it, we knew it wouldn't be memorable, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So Pitbull, obvious cameo appearance yeah, with Jennifer sure. Lopez. Khaled. He's going to get on stage and shout his name like he always does. Yeah. What about Enrique Iglesias? He's a, he, he hangs out around Miami. Do you think that he, he would does, uh, make it a performance? No. Huh. Who no. has Shakira done collabs with? Uh, Wyclef Jean, but he's not really no. big enough. Or... Maybe she and J-Lo will come out and do a song together. Maybe they'll do hips like Shakira will start it and J-Lo will join her. That would be fun, Lori. Yeah, that, that would be, be fun. fun. And now today they were both at the, uh, they did the Super Bowl uh, whatever you call it, the presser, the photo call, the photo call, and my gosh, you you, you got Shakira coming out in ripped jeans and a Guns and Roses T-shirt and these cute little white half boots, and her hair is just curly. And then J Lo always hustling in a crop top and high waisted pants and overly <laughs> yes. contoured bronzer and her hair Hollywood styled and I mean they're they're like two coins of one woman. Do you think we both want like like everyone can relate to the t shirt and two sides of the same coin, I think is the phrase. But I'm saying two sides of the same woman. Right. Because well we could both relate to those kinds of things because sometimes you You feel like a Shakira, sometimes you feel feel like like a J Lo. That's right. Do you you. think that the styling of these two on stage is giving any indication about what the performances could be oh, like. Let me put on my photo assumption glasses. Oh, please, oh, secure them best. on. I, I would know. appreciate that. And I think here's the thing, what I think with my photo assumption with this thing, I think they just both are, they both like dressed, like that's who they are for a middle of the day photo call. J-Lo gets her stylists involved. She's going to dress white. Oh, there's a white chair out on the stage. Yes, I'd like it to be white. On oh, the backdrop is what color? Shakira's just like, oh, yeah, I remember Guns N' Roses. Do they really, yeah, I'll wear that t-shirt. And yeah, she yeah, looks picked, like... Picked it off the floor. Does it smell? Yeah. Okay, well, great. We're going to do it. <laughs> but I don't see anything other than I think that J-Lo is letting us know that she's working her butt off. She's actually, yeah. she's, she's not only rehearsing eight hours a day, she's letting us know she's also going to the gym. Yes, you see those. Oh. Shakira's going to the gym too Who, because she? she has been sharing some pictures. Okay. They may be on her Instagram story or oh. somebody's Instagram story where she is working out with a personal trainer. Yeah. We're going to see chore- choreography. We're going to see fire. Yeah. We're going to see tight bronze, lush bodies, both men and women, oh. and a lot of skin. And a lot of hair tossing. And a lot of good songs. All right, let's, yes. play, let's play the next one, the Super Bowl Star Power. Is this about the ads? Yes. Okay. It's the first Super Bowl to feature a female coach, but Katie Sowers won't just be seen working with the 49ers on Sunday. She'll also make an appearance in the other big competition, the Battle of the Ads. Just one of many ads highlighting women this Sunday. Like Olay, who's asking us all to make space for women. The Super Bowl historically has not been friendly to women or minorities. And this year in particular, we're seeing a lot of Super Bowl advertisers make a push to be more inclusive. And it's just a good brand strategy, just being more inclusive to the women who are making these purchases. SodaStream is also featuring female astronauts. 
And from astronauts to Aria, Audi is putting Game of Thrones star Macy Williams center stage singing Let It Go in a 60-second ad as she floors it in one of their new electric cars. And it's not just Macy Williams on the biggest stage for ads. Winona Ryder is plugging me, Squarespace. What you doing over there? I'm building a website. Tracy Ellis Ross in a Shining parody. Here's Mountain Dew Zero. I am thirsty. And our ad expert says that she's also seeing an effort to be more inclusive to the LGBTQ community in these ads. And as usual, and as you saw with some there, many of these ads will be featuring humor. So get ready to laugh. That's naturally, naturally, as naturally. they always do. And then on Monday morning, all of the morning shows will dissect because they always have a group that yeah. agrees to be a participant in these, like a focus group right then and there during the Super Bowl for the ad. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess that's how they keep getting the big mm. ad money. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it is, well, I guess the audience, what Just, is it, a billion? Yeah. Five million for a 30-second ad. Yeah. yeah, but the audience, is it a billion people or what uh, is it? Around so, the world? Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's a lot of eyeballs that are usually not watching football. All right. <laughs> All right, listen, we come back. It's time for Random Thoughts. Did you miss Hollywood Speak? You can always find it on the podcast. Download or stream My Talk shows wherever you find your podcasts or at My Talk Keyword Podcast. You know, I saw this story the other day. Do you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. How come, How come you guys, we don't buy, uh, go all in on lottery tickets around here? Like do a pool and have somebody go to like random I, I don't know. convenience stores don't in know. the, you know... Would you like to start? I, I kind of would. Because, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever even brought the subject no, up. No, but I know. No. I I know. I used to do this when I worked for a minute at the Star Tribune. And you guys would go in and pool your money in on lotto tickets. If Cal would like, Cal would be willing to drive to like Anoka or you know, you got to go out of the way like to buy at like some just random sure shakopee you know you, you, you just, <laughs> oh i see what you an saying. outer ring suburb yeah. yeah so saturday's multi-state powerball 28 employees at adams publishing group which does community newspapers across minnesota and other states um they do a i guess a pot a do 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 this weekly and it's 28 people everyone puts in a dollar oh so they okay. buy $28. Why are we not doing this? I don't know. but A uh, dollar. Uh, yeah. So uh, they they won a million dollars. And the guy, Dustin, who uh, maybe they take turns running to, you know, to go buy the lotto tickets, said, I've had a million dollars sitting at my desk since Saturday. Oh, he didn't even know. <laughs> well, he knew. He was the only one who checked. And it just said, you got to check with the lottery, which means you could win between 50000 to a million. Oh, so then he learned on Monday morning when he took his ticket in that that ticket was worth a million dollars. I know we get excited oh. if we win a hundred bucks if we go in at yeah. bowling on lottery tickets. Each team member will get thirty five thousand before taxes. So that means about twenty one thousand after tax. 
I would not be complaining at all. Oh, no. As a person it. who gets excited <laughs> yeah. when they win $2 on a pull tab, yeah. that would be a, yeah. quite a wonderful little windfall. That's a, that is bills paid off, right. a vacation. Oh, yeah. um, I wonder if Dustin, for one even hot second, thought about just taking that ticket. No, oh, that is no, bad. That'd be bad karma. karma. Yeah. No, do do not do that. Anyway, well, that's kind of, so that's fun for those guys. Yes. Um, just tell me if you ever knew this fun fact about McDonald's. Did you ever know that uh, McDonald's once in an effort to um, get children to eat healthier for a hot second um, had bubblegum flavored broccoli? Ew. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Nasty. They did. Oh, what? It when? When? It, well, it didn't even make it out of child testing stage oh. because the kids were confused by the taste. <laughs> really? Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, like, I love watermelon bubblegum. That is really a good flavor. But it's bubblegum, not yeah, broccoli. Well, broccoli bubblegum would be bad. Yes. Yeah, that no, would be I know. nasty. It would be disgusting. It would be. Now they just have apple slices, I think, in the Happy Meals. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, and... Um, I'll just give you one other just okay. kind of fun little fact that please, I just happened to know because I maybe maybe had a Snapple. <laughs> you, oh, under the cap. Well, welcome to 1996, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Lori. Happy, <laughs> happy that you could make it out. Why do you think the Windy City is called the Windy City? I'm talking oh, Chicago. Oh, I know. But I'm let Holly guess. All right, I'm not going to let you answer just because of the dorky way you said. Oh, but I know the answer. Yeah, I'm going to be a bad. I'm going to be a nice teacher, and for the rest of the class, I'm not going to let you answer. (laughs) It's not fair. I know the answer. (laughs) Do you know why the Windy City was called that? I don't. I'll make an educated guess that it's on the shore of Lake Michigan, and they get quite a breeze. Eh. No. Oh, Donnie no. just wanted to do that and rub it I in did, my actually, face. Yeah, Thank so I did actually, yeah. All right, now. I'll Ugh. see if Donnie knows the answer. And if I if I get this wrong, you can chastise me all you yeah, want. Yeah, you might know it. It had to do with politics. And especially the I believe the Republican presidential uh uh nominating convention was in Chicago in eighteen sixty, and the the windy has to do with all those politicians blowing a lot of hot air. And it was just windy because of all the blah, blah, blah and hot air the politicians were spewing. Well, yes. That close? Yes, it was coined by 19th century journalists in Chicago who were referring to the fact that its residents and politicians were windbags and full of hot air. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah. (laughs) I was in the ballpark. Donnie, you're Uh a good one to have on the trivia team. That's right. Okay, uh, we're going to have our first medical doctor playing in the NFL. Really? Did you guys know that? No. Who? Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who earned his Doctor of Medicine degree from McGill University in Canada two years ago. He is right guard on the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. So he'll be playing this Sunday, maybe. He is in charge of protecting that little superstar superstar twenty four year old Patrick Mahomes. See, I'm learning things before the sports. Good, good. And he's the first practicing medical doctor on an NFL roster. How handy is that? Yeah. Yeah. He, let me give you his uh, resume. Please. So how, he would be. Six feet, five inches. Oh, (laughs) hey. 321 pounds. Ah. 28 years old. 28. 
And when he speaks English, this Montreal native's French accent is quite delightful. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe. Subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, well, wonderful. I hope that we get to know him better on yeah. Sunday. So, uh, Laurent a, Duvernay Tardif. That's a lot of guy. Yeah, that is a lot of human being. Wow. <laughs> I love his resume. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I love this story. Actually, this came out a couple of days ago, and it was. Uh, do you ever watch Antiques Roadshow? Have you guys ever watched that show? Do you like it? Well, Turn it on once in a while. Yeah, I've yeah. breezed by it. Breezed before. by it. Well, I mean, wouldn't like when Matt was telling me clean out your closet. Wouldn't it be great? Like if you actually did have to clean out something and you found something that was worth something, a treasure. Yeah. So a U.S. Air Force veteran collapsed on uh, this show. I don't know if it's been on the air yet. He uh, ordered a watch, a 1971 Rolex Oyster Cosmograph in 1974 while he was in the Air Force Mm -hmm. because many pilots wore that. And he bought it for $346. A lot of money. Yeah, it's about a month's pay. Yeah. Yeah. And he meant to wear it while scuba diving. He decided it was too nice to take in the salty water. And he just kept it in the box. In a safety deposit box. He never opened it. Didn't never even wear it? Oh. And it was filmed in West Fargo, North Dakota. Well, uh, as he brings it in, someone talked him into doing it. He fell down because his watch is worth $700,000. Yeah. Oh, my good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> it's a good investment. Yeah. His oh. response 000. had to be bleeped out as he collapsed and yelled, oh. <laughs> what made the watch so valuable? Was it the condition it, or it, it had its original foil sticker on the back? It had never been used and it was preserved yeah. still in the box. Yeah. Uh, like new. Yeah. Oh. And it's, you know, one, one of a very, very rare. Yeah. That the, this watch is even around. Man, people get weird about watches. They are collector's item. Uh, Casey has a fossil watch in his drawer that his kids gave him that is really, really nice. And he's only worn it like twice. Maybe we need to tuck that away. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> Lori, I'm going to tell you that no. a fossil watch no, is not going to get you no. about a million dollars. I know it. Is he just the kind of guy that doesn't like to wear watches? No, he wears- likes to wear like these big military like watches because that's what he wore when he was in the army he loves these scuba like faces i mean they're just gigantic yeah they're yeah this watch is like too gq but oh too too fancy too fashion for him yeah and i maybe it's maybe maybe his eyes maybe he can't read it i don't know (laughs) but every once in a while it doesn't have a calculator on it yeah i know that's it 
Okay, Oreo is launching new Team USA cookie to cheer on athletes at the 2020 Olympics. Those are happening this summer. That's right, in Tokyo. Patriotic brand. We're going to have to get a triple cream cookie. It's going to be red, white, and blue. Perfect. Is there a... What? Is there a point to that? I mean, I get it. It's called selling cookies. I know. (laughs) It's going to be a mega stuff. Which, you know what I really like? I buy them for Casey... And then I hope, like hell, he eats them all because they're really, really good. The thin Oreos. Oh, yeah. That are thin and they've got the mint in them. They, so you're a thin person, not a stuff person. And even the regular Oreos, I, eh, you know, they're okay, but there's too much cookie. Too much. Well, they have, oh, the thins have the thinner cookie. The thinner and then cookie. you get a little bit of the mint in yes, it. Yes, it's oh, so yeah. perfect. Oh, they're yeah. really, they're wafers almost. Just a whiff of feet. A whiff. No. Right. Anyway, so there. Now you know what's going on. Thank that. you. Thank you. Drizzle uh, we'll- before 7. That might mix with some light snow between 7 and 9, but no accumulations to worry about. We could see more of the same tomorrow morning after 11, but again, no accumulations. So 25 will be the low tonight. 32 tomorrow. By Sunday, we could see 42 for a high. And our low tonight is our current temperature, so it's not going to vary very much. 25 at my top. This is the Lori and Julia show with producer Donnie Love on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Mama said, don't give up. It's a little complicated. All tied up. No more love. And I'd hate to see you waiting. Had to have Thanks for hanging out with us. So yesterday we had an amazing book on. Um, what was that? Small lies, it. no big lies in a small town. Diane Chamberlain, just really, really, really good book. And um, we had been talking about first. I think like in December we'd asked Donnie if he could get this American Dirt author on. I was curious if you guys we tried. Donnie tried. Yeah. He reached out and yeah. because she was doing a national. Uh, to her, and so she was just not doing any extra because mm-hmm. the publishing, her publishing house, really had a lot of plans for for uh, uh, her book. Yeah, because, they had plans. Well, I mean, they, they had them. They paid a million dollars for the book. It was, it, you know, and which some people are saying they were playing paying for future for publicity. They believed that the book was going to generate. That kind of buzz. Yeah. They got the blurbs of blurbs. They reached out to John Grisham, Don Winslow, Stephen King, Ann Patchett, Julia Alvarez. They got blurbs. Don Winslow called it the um, Grapes of Wrath for Our Time. And yeah. that's the front blurb of the book. Yeah. So that's a huge anyway, endorsement. I yeah. think this GMA audio will, so I don't want to repeat what they might be summing up in this, but. Um, she yesterday her book tour got canceled because of death threats I mean, I against that. the author, which 
Is really America? Yeah. Is this what we've come to 30 mm-hmm. years after there was a fatwa on old Salman Rushdie for the satanic verses? Mm-hmm. Now we're going. Anyway, let's take it away from okay. Jimmy. A highly anticipated novel that got publishing's most sought after seal of approval Oprah's Book Club. This book, American Dirt, just gutted me. And I didn't just read this book. I inhabited this book. The novel, American Dirt, is about a mother who flees Mexico with her son, pursued by the head of a drug cartel. But it was quickly criticized by many Mexican-American writers who accused author Janine Cummins of writing an exploitative, oversimplified, and ill-informed novel, too often erring on the side of trauma fetishization. The publisher canceling the tour, saying, based on specific threats to booksellers and the author, we believe there exists real peril to their safety. Cummins has previously addressed questions about whether she's the right person to tell this story. I resisted for a very long time telling the story from a migrant's point of view because I was worried that I that I didn't know enough, that my privilege would make me blind to certain truths. Cummins says her father is Puerto Rican, that she identifies as Latina, and that she spent five years working on the book, at times on the U.S.-Mexico border. But many say that's not enough. One person tweeting, I'm exhausted about our stories being told by white and non-immigrant writers or reporters. Most of them get it wrong and further dehumanize us and our experience. I mean, mm-hmm. like this is this is we're going to criticize when somebody is coming from from a fictional standpoint is like completely baffling to me. Yeah, you know, and I is was, there one more part to the yeah, story? Is, Let's more. just yeah. hear the second yeah. part. Yeah. Okay. But not everyone is upset. Celebrated Mexican-American author Sandra Cisneros defended the book on NPR. It just took me on the journey. It was very believable. And I know from talking to people who have crossed the border or who have been detained or who are in the shelters, I knew this story. I wanted to support it. I do support it. and I do stand by it. Oprah now saying she wants to have a deeper discussion. I've spent the past few days listening to members of the Latinx community to get a greater understanding of their concerns. And I hear them. I do. And the publisher also plans to hold town hall meetings with the author and her... Hmm. It's Flatiron is who's Mm -hmm. publishing it. And they're going to have town hall meetings with uh, some of the people. And uh, I guess she spoke at something at a politics and prose bookstore That's last in week. Washington. In DC. Washington. Yes. And it was a friendly standing room only audience and where she was raised. And she, the author began by saying, sometimes crying, that her father died while she was working on American Dirt and that the relationship between her protagonist reflects the love between her and her dad. And she went on to explain that the trauma described in the novel was informed by the pain her brother suffered during a horrific crime in St. Louis that almost killed him and left her two cousins gang-raped and murdered. Okay, mm. like, I've never... Mm. Like, she's ha- she's having to explain where yeah, she's getting yeah. her idea, where she... And then she claimed she hadn't read any of the negative stuff... She was aware of it, and she wasn't timid about pushing back. She said, "She said I did five years of research. I went to the border. I went to Mexico. I traveled throughout the borderlands. I visited, visited Casa del Migrante in Mexico. I visited orphanages. I villaged. I volunteered at a Dese Unador, which is like a soup kitchen for migrants. Mm-hmm. I met with people who devoted their lives on the front line to the work 
work of helping and protecting vulnerable people. And despite that, it's grown into this crazy thing I never anticipated. And I feel like I'm in the eye of the hurricane. I know for a fact that this book is moving people. Mm-hmm. And it has people talking, and that is a good thing. And if it takes, I mean, to me, maybe what this book is going to do in this fictional is that it's going to help people understand maybe what's going on at the border and what what people might be fleeing from and why they're willing to take these drastic things because their lives are in danger as are their kids. I mean, maybe that's the eye opening thing and that's a good thing, but I mean, I've never had heard a writer have to justify all of the places she's coming from or he's coming from. To come up with a story. Would, yeah. It's fiction. Yeah. Would, would things have been better if she didn't write the book? I don't think so. Well, no. I think that, the, that a lot of the controversy around American Dirt is in the larger issues that are within the publishing industry and also the way that the book is being sold. A lot of people being critical of the fact that the author, some people are saying, and this is some of the feedback that I've read uh, about American Dirt, is that the author of this book... What, she isn't Latin enough? Well, or that she didn't identify... Right, well, she didn't identify that as that before going out on this campaign to push American dirt. And so what people are saying is like, well, that's convenient that now you're deciding to embrace this particular part of your background in order to sell the book. And but the I'll, book yeah. had already been sold. She'd already right. gotten a million dollars. The movie yeah. rights had already been sold. The buzz train that she got on happened the minute she got paid a million dollars for right. a book. Right. And so I think that people I are mean, being critical of the fact of the wider world of publication being that who gets who tells the stories who gets paid to no, tell the story and then no anyone who who picks up a pen or picks up a computer and has the guts to try and write a book should couldn't write their book as well what, yeah they can yeah I they mean, can write the book and but i think that also there's the larger issue that people are taking where you know, there's a statistic. So here's a statistic. Publishers Weekly, it says the book publishing industry is 84% white. And so a lot of people are saying, okay, who who is telling these stories? Who gets paid a million dollars to tell these kinds of stories? By all means, tell the story, right? Oh, the, right God, the, people right are petty. Well, they're, this is this is 20. This is, These are the conversations, the broader conversations that are having around this book. And the fact that the author is getting death threats, like, can that, we not do that? that can we just, not do the death that threatens yeah, that's, that's everybody. Disgusting. Yes, that but, is just terrible. But, ha- but have the conversations about the publishing industry at large, how these books are sold, how they are marketed, because the criticism of the author is that, well, it's convenient that now you're highlighting this particular aspect of your of your nationality, which a lot of people are saying, well, she only started to say, I'm the daughter of Puerto Rican because she was because getting she, yelled at. Well, and that she's selling the book. No, she was getting yelled at is when we started hearing that. Mm-hmm. that. It was when the criticism happened. Now, she does have other uh, Hispanic writers today in the New New York Times, Reina Grand, who's Grande, who's a Mexican American author. She read an advanced copy of it. I know I wasn't the intended audience. She said I found it compelling. I noticed some of the things she got wrong about our culture and experience, but I saw past them. I feel this book could complement the Latino immigrant literature 
that will continue to be written by Latino writers and will help us get more stories out there. So she's taking the exact opposite that all of this buzz and all this hype might help because if we start going down the road of you have to have personally experienced that to write your fictional novel right we are done for there are can i just say something there are authors who have written fiction about the holocaust yeah that did not experience the holocaust right right like i totally get that angle and it's also it's having these conversations a broader conversation but what people are want Mm -hmm. the conversation to be about is what's happening at the border not what's happening in the publishing industry that's kind of getting to be the the sideline thing when really what the bigger thing is that all of a sudden, with American Dirt, people's eyes are going to be opened to an experience that maybe you wouldn't pick up a book that would be about that well, topic. Sure. Uh, fiction creates empathy for then, and to be able to share stories around you. But both conversations are worthy to have. Yeah, yeah, they're both but they're kind of. I think what the hope was that American Dirt would generate more discussion about the border and the mm-hmm. anti-immigration mentality that has really taken hold, particularly under President Trump and the way he talks about people Uh uh, and where they're from, even though we're all one or two generations away from our immigrant uh, beginnings here in the U.S. Now look at me, I am an immigrant. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of different threads to the controversy around American dirt, and they all go in these different directions. Yeah, but the the threats against the author, the threats against the bookstore, now there's threats against the person who wrote the first original article. I mean, this is what we've come to. People need to calm the hell down. It's just a book. Have it's a debate. Just a book. Please no. Sounds death like it would be a good book for a book club, too. Yeah, most likely. You know. Just please no death threats for creating yeah. art. Okay. Jeez. Oh, All right. Okay. Listen. When we come back, we're going to Hollywood speak. These people you hear talking everything entertainment are Lori and Julia with producer Donnie Love on My Talk 107.1. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood. is the meaning of this all right um i don't know why i guess i i always felt like watching billy porter from being on pose and seeing him on um different talk shows i just have always felt like he is a man who suffers no fools Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely has that persona walking down red carpets yes. with mechanical hats, hats like he everything. did on Sunday. He's been around a long time. He's been fighting the good fight to waste his time on people who are fools. Yeah. So I, I guess I was just totally shocked at this weird little page six story. Here it is. All right. Billy Porter says the Kardashians were a pleasant surprise. He recently presented his movie, Like a Boss, with Tiffany Haddish and mm-hmm. Rose Byrne at a special screen for the Kardashians. I'm not really a reality television kind of person, Billy told Page Six, but it was wonderful to meet them in person and see how kind and grounded and present they really are. They were so kind and giving and really down-to-earth ladies. That's effusive. <laughs> and surprising. And surprising. Yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah, me too. More... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I'm not really shocked, I guess, that he screened the movie for them because I guess if they could tweet or Insta about it, it would be big publicity. Because I don't know it. that that movie really. It, 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 it I feel like it came and went, right? Yeah. yeah. Nobody really. Yeah. But boy, did he have to. I mean, he's like kind and grounded and present, kind and giving and down to earth. I mean, he's like saying the same thing all over in six uh-huh. different ways. Yeah, he really. I suppose if you're not invested in the Kardashians. In a way that you're actually following them, they do have this stereotype about them. And Billy Porter saying, hey, man, I'm not into reality TV. I probably have an idea about the Kardashians that's informed by gossip and hearsay. But then I met them and they're actual human beings. Who knew? Who knew? I'm shocked. We're all shocked. I'm really shocked. 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 Uh, Okay, so let's Hollywood speak this. Is Terry Bradshaw not making enough money at Fox Sports? Because oh, he, I was going to use that at the top of the hour. Yeah, he is going to do the Bradshaw Bunch. Yeah. Let's Hollywood what is, speak. What the heck is this? He's doing a reality show that's going to follow Terry and his wife, Tammy, their daughter, and Terry and Tammy's grandchildren and their lives on the ranch in Oklahoma. Okay. Do we have Why? to? Why? Do we have to? No, we don't need to do this. It's going to be on E! Even more surprising. Huh. Do you think that he's doing this as a gift to his wife? No. Just being like, daughters. hey. No. Or daughters. No, this, it's for this, him. Really, I think this is a Holly gift. Is Hollywood <laughs> okay. speaking some mm-hmm. truth right there? Mm-hmm. Right. This sounds like... Because there are three daughters. Yeah. Rachel, Lacey, and Aaron. Terry and Tammy's grandchildren. Maybe they did said, Dad, how about a leg up? Look at what it did for the Kardashians. Look who it's what it's done for even people less on the radar like uh, uh, Teddy Mellencamp. Yeah. Just, you know. All right. Well, you there. know what? I'm going to say I will totally watch the Bradford. <laughs> oh, of course. The Bradshaw Bunch. Oh, yeah. The Bradshaw so Bunch. In that. <laughs> Although I will be, depending on what they're doing, like if they any of the grandchildrens did the like dinosaur in love, which we played yesterday, we might have to play that again. That was so cute, honey. The internet is catching up with us. Go to Tom Rosenthal on his Twitter. It's right there. But anyway, um, I like I watched the New Jersey Housewives mm-hmm. last night show this morning, and those New Jersey ladies have a lot of kids. I had to, I did so much fast forwarding. <laughs> How many? I mean, I fast forwarded like four times. Uh, We were bowling with the husband and the kids. Fast forward. Uh, Um, (laughs) I mean, darn kids. Unless the kids are going to go visit Joe in the the Hooskow or something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. For those of you under the age of (laughs) Hooskow. I know. Good one. That was a good one. Well, who's Because I don't know if he's in ice or in jail. So who's could be any number of locked up know. places. <laughs> anyway, good Hollywood speak. I was looking forward to the Bradshaw bunch. Nice play of words there. Mm-hmm. If they do the Brad, if they do the Brady bunch kind of intro, it better be good. <laughs> if they try and rip that off, oh, you heard the it from in the, Lori. in the squares with their yes. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. you know they're gonna do something like that. Okay, here's one. Um, um, oh boy, this is uh, the Bachelorette's Tyler Cameron, the one who you know was cute with dimples. Hannah, Gigi Hadid over the summer, very thirsty. Uh-huh. According to Deadline, he is excited to host a new Quibi series 
uh, called Barkitecture, which is really a cute name. He's really excited. Uh, It's going to put the spotlight on dog-loving, dog-obsessed people who are giving their beloved canines the most extravagant dog houses imaginable. And if the first guest is not Paris Hilton, who has built the Taj Mahal for one of her. Uh Talk about Barkitecture. Tinkerbell. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's going to be on Quibi. And every episode will feature people and their fur babies with over-the-top customized houses. Barkitecture. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. And I bet he is excited. He's got a show. Well, a Quibi Quibi show. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. I can hear your sighing over there, Donnie. Oh, if it's only ten minutes, Paris Hilton's not going to be in Barkitecture. Well, everything on Quibi is going to be ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Is this the 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 new attention span for the new generation? Yes, yes the, because Quibi calls itself Quick Bites of captivating entertainment created for mobile by the best talent designed to fit perfectly into any moment of your day. Yeah. At the DMV, bite on some Quibi. Are you on the toilet? <laughs> bite on some Quibi. You can complete a full episode by the time it's all said and done. There you go. From oh. sit to wipe, boom. Will got we an episode. just watch it on our uh, you devices? You have to pay for it. Yes. Oh, but you got paid for oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's not yes. free. Okay. Mm-mm. I don't want to pay for quick bites. I can go to YouTube <laughs> okay. for free quick bites. <laughs> yeah. If I eat a little Sunny and Cher, a little, you know, Insta, look at somebody beautiful. I don't want to pay for quick bites. Then don't. Yeah. That's kind of the problem with their idea there. These are professional quick bites. That's the promise. Is that this is ran by Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman? Okay, and so yeah, they got a lot of money to pay for those All quick right. bites because the ones on YouTube, you may go down that vortex and you're watching some weird. I, I don't YouTube know. YouTube is weird. Yeah, there's so much weird crap on YouTube. Yeah, there is. It's just it's, endless. It is. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch um, Dear Basketball yet? No. Six minutes on because I'm just gonna cry. But you know what? It oh. is so. It is so good. I see what yeah. I've. You know, I've not really, I don't like go to the shorts or whatever, but whenever I have watched a good short, these little six minute films, they're so, when they're good, they're really good. And he won the Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. It's it's worth your six minutes. If you want a All quick right. bite okay. of something with meaning, have a quick bite of Dear Basketball. It's just wonderful. Oh. Or the little girl who's singing Dinosaurs in Love. <laughs> We'll play that for you later. I'll try and find it. Okay. We'll be back. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.